Welcome to the Raising Wild podcast. I'm Brittany, blogger, wife, mama to two little boys, and voice behind Raising Wild. Each week I focus on topics of motherhood and raising up children to have wild hearts, wild love for others, and wild imaginations. So grab a cup of coffee and come hang out for a while. Welcome to episode 19 of the Raising Wild podcast. Last week, my oldest turned three years old. So what better way to cover the sayings, terrible twos, and terrific threes than now, right? First off, I want to know who in the world came up with the sayings, terrible twos, and terrific threes. Because I have yet to meet someone that can honestly relate to terrible twos and terrific threes. When exactly does the terrific part kick in? I feel as if the transition from two to three is when the terrible begins, but someone please correct me if I'm wrong. I honestly enjoyed most of Jackson at two years old because his curiosity and his vocabulary grew so much. I was able to get to know a little bit more of his personality. I watched his interests begin to bloom, and I've been able to see a little person with wants and needs form. It wasn't till about a month ago that I feel like the terrible twos actually kicked in. It came mostly in the form of like big tantrums, being very sassy, and very interesting and weird sensory particularities. It has been so exhausting. Today was probably one of the hardest and most challenging days that I've actually had. We've spent the afternoon shopping with family in La Jolla. It was like an outdoor mall that we were at and I honestly just felt like crying. He literally would not listen to me. Anything that I said, he did the opposite of. He was bound and determined to run away from me and hide in every single clothing rack that he could find. It was the first time that I felt just totally unequipped for motherhood. I know it comes down to me just being completely exhausted. I mean, being a mom to two under three years old is just hard. I'm not getting enough sleep. I know that for sure. Motherhood has this way of feeling like you've been punched in the gut and are just gasping for air. Not every day is like this though, and certainly there are more days that are filled with beauty and goodness. But right now, I'm just tired, and today was so hard. After giving myself a timeout tonight, which honestly, something that I'm finding is that I need a daily timeout in order to maintain some form of sanity. I realized tonight that this transition may feel hard for me, but for these little babies who are actually going through the physical, emotional, mental transformation, it's scary and it's probably just harder for them. I decided to do a little research on what Terrible Twos really is and what I found opened my eyes and gave me a new lens to see my three-year-old and some of the obstacles he's currently facing. These little ones aren't bad. They're just struggling to grasp all the many changes in their own little world. They're growing and adapting to the ever-present desire for independence. So I thought it would be beneficial to explain what all is behind Terrible Twos, how we can better understand our little ones during this time, and how we can remove this idea that they just need to be disciplined more. It's easy to jump into this idea because society tells us it's just a behavioral thing. Surely there is some room for some redirection and there is some weight behind that. 
But I think that something that's even greater is that we need to truly understand what's going on inside of them. One article I read was from the Mayo Clinic, and it says that children are undergoing major motor, motor, intellectual, social, and emotional changes. Their vocabularies are growing, they're eager to do things on their own, and they're beginning to discover that they are expected to follow certain rules within society. Communication is difficult at this age, though. Oftentimes, they just don't have the capacity in their own vocabulary to explain what they're feeling or to communicate what they're needing in the moment. They are in this constant battle of wanting to cling to us as parents, yet they desire to have the independence to get to know their world around them. This can lead to a lot of frustration, misbehavior, and tantrums. I've noticed with Jackson that he is wanting to explore more without me. He wants to prove to me that he doesn't need me. So like today, he'll run ahead of me and he'll refuse to hold my hand and refuse to get in the stroller. But the moment that he doesn't see me, even if it's for just a split second, his need for me gets the best of him and he crumbles into my arms every time. I found myself getting so frustrated and outwardly showing that frustration. Ultimately, that outward frustration just escalated his misbehavior. I believe that one of the most challenging parts of being a parent is that we are constantly forced to see the very worst of our inward selves. I see my own selfishness and I also have this desire to have a tantrum too, especially when I can't force my little one to listen to me. So the question is, how do we confront the misbehavior and the tantrums in a way that doesn't escalate the situation, in a way that actually benefits our children? If you could see me right now, I'm sitting here shrugging my shoulders because I'm seriously no guru here. But I've created a list of things that after doing some research, I realized it could probably help. So I thought I would just share that list with you. So number one, remaining calm. Everything that I've read has encouraged parents to remain calm. But that's just easier said than done, right? I mean, how do you remain calm when you have a three-year-old flopping on the floor in a public mall when they're screaming and crying and people are staring. It's hard to do that. It's hard to just stay calm, especially when our anxiety starts to kick in and we are already tired and frustrated ourselves. Number two, redirection. Redirect, redirect, redirect. Everything is saying to redirect our child's attention because it allows them to break their focus and move forward instead of being caught up in their current emotion. Redirection has been very helpful for our family, but it's not always the answer, especially if your child is as stubborn as mine. Both Jack and myself are very stubborn, and unfortunately, Jackson has kind of taken on that stubbornness as well. He is very headstrong. Number three, understanding the source. By getting down on their level and looking into their eyes, and I know what you're thinking, how do you get down and look into the eyes of a two or three year old who is rolling on the ground with their eyes squeezed shut, right? And offering arms to snuggle sometimes, our babies just need reassurance and our love. They sometimes don't even understand what exactly it is that has set them off and they just need some comfort. Sometimes they just don't understand what they're feeling themselves and it's just easier to cry because they don't have the words to explain it. Number four, ignore them. Poor behavior doesn't always need attention. 
it's okay to walk away. I mean, if you are in public, don't recommend walking away from them and leaving them alone. That's just not safe. It's okay to give them space to feel what they need to feel and let them work it out. But if you are in public, pulling them aside without discussing it, without causing a big fuss, without disciplining them and just allowing them to sit and have their moment and then guiding them back to the activity once they're done, that is supposed to be very helpful. And I'm going to try that next time because I think it's something that could work for us. Number five, avoid challenging situations. If you know that you're going to be out and it's nap time, or if you've reached a point where they've kind of hit that point of no return, just avoid going out, avoid pushing them any further. By changing your plans, you are saving yourself and you're saving your child from frustration and misbehavior and tantrums. And lastly, I found that it's important to praise good behavior. It's so easy to focus on the many bad things that have happened throughout the day But when we take the time to notice the good, even the smallest of good, it feels rewarding for them and they'll begin to crave that praise and you'll find that they'll start seeking after that praise. Don't beat yourself up during these difficult years. I know that I sure have, especially lately, but these years are so fleeting and there is good and beautiful things happening through it all. All of the misbehavior, the tantrums, the frustrations, are signs of growth. Their minds and hearts and bodies and little souls are expanding. And for that, I'm so grateful. I'm grateful that I get to experience this, even though it's hard. You're doing good, mama. Even on days when you don't feel like it, even when you have people commenting on how there needs to be more discipline, even when you let them roll around on the floor and scream for what feels like hours, Even when you choose to hug them, even though you so badly just want to run away and lock yourself in your room. These babies need us to help them navigate all of the many changes that are going on inside. I'm with you in the trenches, navigating the field and waiting for the many explosions to happen. But the days are fleeting and we are their safe haven. So let's continue to push through, Mama. Thank you for listening to the Raising Wild podcast. If you would like to support this podcast, please share it with a friend. Or if you're interested in becoming a financial supporter, there's a link below. Through your support, we are able to reach the hearts of so many mamas. If you'd like to be a part of the podcast, I'd love for you to reach out through Instagram at Raising Wild Podcast. May your heart stay wild with love, friends.